Thank you for listening to The Real Reality with Dr. Oren Amate. Please check out my website, docamate.com, to see more of what I do as a registered psychologist who also teaches at university, is a court expert uh, or court-appointed expert witness, and does lots of other stuff, including this podcast. And uh, I'm going to do a series of three podcasts, um, shorter than usual, uh, with a similar theme. So this is the first of the three. And it's all really about uh, perspective. It's about um, a healthy mindset. And now I've talked about these things in many of my other podcasts, whether it's me rambling on by myself or with a guest. But I want to specifically talk about three very important aspects. So perspective. I tell this to uh, my students now in all of my classes that really... If you look at it, whether we're talking about um, psychological orientations, whether we're talking about religion, philosophy, spiritual movements, really, it all boils down to perspective. And an example of it, it's, it's one example would be, and I was just thinking about this last night as I couldn't sleep and I woke up in the middle of the night. And so this is what's on my mind is, you know, let's say you, you work, you got school or whatever else, and you're, you, you go to bed, you, uh, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're having difficulty falling asleep. For the person who takes the perspective of, no, I need my 10 hours or eight hours or whatever else because I'm not going to be able to function, uh, you know, that you start to panic, you start thinking that everything's going to go to hell the next day, it feeds into that insomnia. When you're anxious, that's the antithesis of, of relaxation or resting. It prevents you from sleeping. So a simple perspective like that, that's just one of many examples, but you can see how an unhealthy perspective, which is going into panic or even just worry, which can spiral into panic, it just makes things worse. Versus somebody who says, okay, it's the middle of the night, I can't sleep right now, so either I'm just going to do some you know, relaxation techniques that will make it more likely that I'm going to fall asleep, I'll give myself half an hour or an hour if it doesn't work out, then I'm going to you know, do something else. That's a rational approach that is not going to feed into that uh, you know, sleep, sleeplessness that you had. It doesn't guarantee that you're going to be able to fall asleep, but it's better than spiraling out of control. Now, by the way, this is just, again, a simple example. And if somebody has uh, chronic sleep problems, I'm not saying it's that simple to deal with. That's a very different issue. But I'm just saying if you have the occasional, you know, inability to fall asleep or if you wake up and you have difficulty falling back asleep, that's what I'm talking about. Because we know that the body is wired such that if you don't sleep that night, if you have a rough day the next day, the body will, you know, recuperate by making you fall asleep uh, earlier the next day. Maybe it's uh, in public transit, maybe it's at work, whatever else, but catch a few minutes here, catch me a few minutes there. The point is, there are different ways of looking at any experience. And what people have to realize is, if a hundred people are in the same situation, certain people will look at it one way, certain people look another way. Why do they look at it this way? Well, it's, it's their uh, upbringing, it's their, pers- it's their personal experiences, it's their psychological profile, their personality that determines it. So some people are more inclined to look one way than the other or one way or uh, another, positive, negative, helpful, and unhelpful, adaptive, maladaptive, you know. So you may have either through neurology or through your experiences, unfortunately being dealt the wrong hand and you're more likely to look at it the negative or unhealthy way but that doesn't mean you can't change because a lot of the people who do look at it in a more adaptive way, they weren't necessarily born that way. Now, maybe they had early experiences that made it more likely that they would uh, take this perspective. But many other people who have either through therapy or through self-help or through just their own you know, development as a person, they have learned to look at things better. So please do not take a fatalistic view saying, well, that's just the way I am. No, it's not. That might be the way you are but it doesn't mean you can't change. So 
what people really have to do is to examine their automatic reactions to things. And, you know, there's a lot of research out there that shows that the way that you, you know, examine things, the way that you react to things uh, can have a huge impact on your physical health, your mental health. Uh, it's, it's not that difficult. It's not that easy, but it's not that difficult to put things into place that can change the wiring of your brain. And it's literally changing the, the, you know, the wiring of your brain. You're reconditioning yourself. And again, if you just say, well, that's who I am, well, might as well just curl up in a ball right now and, and die because you're not going to get any better. You're not going to develop. You're not going to grow. And life will be miserable if it's miserable right now. No one's going to change this. You've got to change it yourself. I know I'm sounding overly, like I'm overly simplifying it. But what I'm trying to say is having worked with so many people, having taught far more people than that, having spoken to many people as well, I have seen you know the difference between the people who can or will make the effort to make the change and and who won't and you know in many of my podcasts I've had people on who they didn't necessarily come from a lot of my you know guests did not come from a great background they came from terrible circumstances and somehow something happened in their life that something clicked the light switch flicked and they were able to look at the world more adaptively and the important thing it truly is you have to start with yourself and the reason I'm talking about perspective is a lot of people, I believe, in the last uh, little while, we're talking literally just a few months, and I'll explain why in a second, have really lost perspective. And the thing I'm talking about, I know it's been talked to death, but the whole you know, U.S. elections, it really has affected people around the world because not just the U.S. elections. Things are happening in Europe, in Asia, and in Africa. I mean, these things have been going on for many, many years, but just more recently, especially with social media, people are more attuned to it, and especially with the presidential election, that's far more close to home. So people are losing perspective. They're thinking, oh my God, the world's going to end, or the world's a terrible place, et cetera, et cetera. But this should not be something I hope that people feel is, is overwhelming and too scary. I hope that people say there is a lot of scary stuff going on. A lot of people are adapting or adopting a mindset that is scary like this idea that there is no fact there's no truth there's no reality it's all subjective there are ways to deal with this and that's again why i'm coming up with this part these three podcasts to talk about these different issues and how you can resist the urge to either just become really dark negative pessimistic and cynical uh, and hopeless basically and helpless and change that to you know what the world might suck but you know, the world has sucked for a long, long time, long before tr- the Trump was uh, elected president. And in reality, uh, you know, unless you were in that really horrific part of the world, it didn't have a direct impact on you. You're al- allowing your defenses to go down. You're now being more affected by things that are going around you that don't have a direct impact on you necessarily. Now, you might say, well, what about the environment? What about this and that? Yeah, well, that will have some impact potentially. But right now, in your immediate life, it won't. And that's what perspective is. It's not allowing yourself to focus on things that are irrelevant or to focus on things that you have no control over or to focus on things that are going to just make you feel so despondent and, and just hopeless. These are all, if you do all these things, these are recipes for disaster. So what people have to recognize is I may not have control over much in the world or even much in my life, but there are things that you do have control over. And the first thing is your thought processes you have a far more likely chance to start affecting your thought processes than you do your emotions. Your emotions, they are, uh, they, they are beyond your control. They're automatic. 
you will get triggered. You will have anger, fear, disgust, sadness, happiness, whatever happen before you're even aware of it. The limbic system, the part of the brain that, you know, the processes of these things, that's fired up before you're consciously aware of it. We're talking like microseconds or seconds beforehand. So you have to be prepared that you are going to still have these reactions that you might not like. And there are ways of dealing with them. And unlike cognitive behavior therapy, which I've talked about in a different podcast, uh, it's one of the eight orientations that I do believe in and that I do use in my therapy and on myself. But you can't just talk yourself down from these emotions. You can't just use rational thought to counteract these emotions. What I find a more uh, beneficial approach is what's called um, uh, acceptance therapy. There are different books out there. You can you know, look from online or you know look at videos. But the difference between acceptance therapy and cognitive behavior therapy is acceptance therapy, I think, recognizes the frailties of humanity or of humans. It recognizes that we can't just automatically talk ourselves down from uh, harmful thoughts or, or maladaptive emotions. The first step is to learn to tolerate the discomfort. And that's what people really have to understand. That's a perspective that I think is very important. So many people want to avoid discomfort, anxiety, you know, unpleasant thoughts, feelings, or memories. And the way to succeed is not to avoid them because they're unavoidable. They're automatic. What you have to do is accept that you're going to experience them, but that you're going to take steps to be able to make it through them, to tolerate them. And because this is just a podcast, I can't, uh, you know, use therapy with a person's specific uh, experience because, you know, everyone who's listening to this is different. These are just general guidelines. But what I'm saying is there are ways to deal with these. And I can't stress that enough. Tolerating discomfort, number one thing, okay? It's like having a panic attack. Any therapist who tells people, well, just talk yourself down or whatever, is a fool. I teach all my patients, you have a panic attack. The first thing we learn is, uh, you know, grit your teeth, bear with it. It's going to end pretty soon. Just breathe and make your way through it, okay? Ride the wave is what I say. Once you're able to do that, then when a panic attack happens again or anxiety or some other unpleasant feeling, you're prepared to, again, ride the wave. The crest is going to hit. Once it's over, which can be a few seconds or a couple of minutes, then you're in a better position to put into place some thoughts that will help kind of bring you down. But in the middle of you know, extreme anxiety or a panic attack, you can't do that. That's, it's foolish. And again, that's perspective. The perspective is... Life is difficult. Life does have unpleasant moments. We can't be happy all the time. We can't be at calm all the time. So accept it and realize that it's temporary. Because if someone you know, spends all their time trying to avoid it, when it hits, they're not prepared for it. And therefore, when you're not prepared for it and you react poorly, you magnify it. You start having these you know, terrible thoughts like, oh my God, it's never going to end. I'm going crazy. I'm going to die. These are you know, very common thoughts that we have, with, especially with panic attacks or panic disorder. But it doesn't have to even be panic. Again, I just use the word panic because that's the most extreme form. But just anxiety, which a lot of people as well really don't like. But if you learn, once again, to adopt the, perf- the, the proper perspective, which is, eh, it's a human condition. And if I don't succumb to it, if I ride, there's a difference between succumbing to it and riding the wave. Riding the wave is basically saying, it's hit me. Here we go. I'm ready for it. And it's going to subside a little bit pretty soon. And once that happens, then I've got a better chance of dealing with it. And really a key element is breathing. I can't stress that enough. Go on to YouTube, Google, anywhere else and look up, you know, diaphragmatic breathing. 
proper breathing, four, seven, eight breathing. Any type of breathing that allows you not to take deep breaths into your chest and lungs and shoulder, because that's not healthy. Learning to take the breaths into your diaphragm, into your stomach. And I'm just throwing this out there, and I hope that people will look into it. I train all of my clients and my students, I teach them that breathing properly means if you take a deep breath, your chest and shoulders should not move. When you take a deep breath, believe it or not, all the air comes in, your stomach goes out. And that's the exact opposite of what everybody does when they take a deep breath. And I've had, I've had yogis in my therapy and I've asked them, take a deep breath. And they automatically take a deep breath and their shoulders and chest all go up. And I say, you're a yogi. Okay. You know, you're a yoga practitioner. You're a master. You know better. And they go, oh, geez. And then they realize I know how to do this. So it really, it's something very simple and, but it really helps you. And the reason I'm saying that the breathing is if you're able to apply the breathing in anxiety filled moments, in scary moments, in panic filled moments, once again, it allows you to ride the wave better. It gives you perspective to say that whatever I'm experiencing now is only temporary and I'm going to be able to deal with it. Now, your life might be uh, really shitty at this time. You know, maybe you're in debt. Maybe you're flunking out of school. Maybe you have a horrific boss. And so you say, okay, well, great. I made it through the moment. What about everything else? It goes back to perspective. You're not going to change the world. You're not going to change your life, you know, right now. But the perspective is I need to take care of me in the moment. It doesn't mean I got to be happy. It doesn't mean I have to, you know, solve all my problems. It just means that I need to, again, I'm going to be, I'm going to be really belaboring this word here, but I need to have the proper perspective which means that I can make it through this moment. And if I can make it through this moment, then I, can, I have a better chance of looking at myself, looking at my circumstances in a more adaptive way. And that can give you confidence then to put into place the things you need to do to make some changes. And once again, you can't change everything. Certain things you're unable to, to change. So you have to say, all right, I accept that I cannot change that. What can I change? What can I address? And one of the important things is before you start trying to change the world, before you start trying to make the world a better place or safer place or whatever else, the most important thing is work on yourself. And I don't mean to make yourself a godlike figure. Look at any little flaws, little things that you can improve on. And once again, being able to tolerate discomfort, if you can improve on that. So if, you know, fear, sadness, anger, if any of these feelings are things that you know, you're afraid of and you avoid, you try to repress or suppress, or it just makes you react really in an exaggerated sense or in a, in a weird way, if you're able to mitigate that slightly, if you're able to improve how you react to those feelings, that's a huge improvement. Even a tiny little improvement to me is a huge improvement. You build on that. So once again, instead of getting caught up in all the stuff that's going on around you, especially things that you have no control over, Work on the things that you can control. And again, you cannot necessarily control your first emotional response, but you can control how you deal with that. And that's perspective. So that's the first part of this uh, three-part series where I want to talk about other cognitive issues that, um, that people uh, succumb to that kind of prevents them from dealing with their own thoughts, feelings, memories, uh, physiological responses in an adaptive way. So the next podcast, please tune in, we'll talk more about how to deal with these, uh, these issues in a better way. Thank you for listening. This is Doc Amate.